morning, everyone. Welcome to church today. Great to see everyone. Uh, let me give you a warm welcome if you're visiting today. Uh, so uh, good to have my brother here today. Welcome. Nice to see you in church. Um, uh, great to have everyone here. Welcome if you're joining online as well. Great to have you with us. And uh, it's also great to have Terry Ann Rogers with us, all the way from Musselburgh. So uh, you will never tell by her accent when you hear her speak, but anyway, <laughs> but she's uh, come all the way from Musselburgh to share with us today. I'm looking forward to what you're going to share with us today, Terry Ann. So, but the important thing is that Jesus is here. We're here. We're here to worship him. And I'm just going to read a few verses from Psalm 28. It says, Blessed be the Lord, for he has heard the sound of my pleadings. He's heard the sound of the, the cry that's within my heart. Do you know, Jesus understands what's going on inside us. He understands the language of tears. He understands the language of our emotions. We don't even need to say anything. And he knows what's going on inside us. And he hears the sound of our pleadings. Our response is to say this, The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him... My heart trusts, so I am helped. So I am helped. Because I trust in God, so I am helped. Do you know, I was thinking about that phrase, the Lord is our shield, the Lord is our strength. We know that the shield is likened to our faith, the shield of faith. Paul talks about the shield of faith, and that's where we take the battering. I don't know if you've ever felt in that place where it's like you're just standing with that shield and it's like one thing after another, after another, after another, after another. I know there are people in church today and you feel that you're just taking one thing after another, one hit after another, a continual battering. And I just want to pray that the Lord is our strength, that we're able to hold that shield, but that he also is our shield. Not only our faith, but he himself is our shield. And this is a response my heart exalts my heart. Something inside exalts the Lord. And with my song, I will give thanks to him. And it's not just an internal thing. It's an external thing. Through our songs, we give thanks to him. And that's part of what we do when we come together to worship is that we use songs to praise him. It's a response of the heart, but it comes out through our songs. It's a response that he is our strength, that he is our shield, that he is the one who is with us when we keep taking those knocks, when we keep getting the battering. And you know what life is like? I don't need to tell you. You know what church life is like? I don't need to tell you. We've been on a bit of a journey as a church, but I want to encourage us today to hold on to God because he is our strength and our shield. Let's stand today if you're able to. We're going to pray and we're going to praise and worship our God and declare that he is our strength and shield today. Father, we thank you that you are our source of strength, that you are our source of life. We thank you that you have given us health and strength to be here today. And Lord, we think of those who are not able to be with us, who are maybe struggling a bit physically or in other ways. And Lord, we pray that your hand would be upon each one. Father, for us who have gathered, those who have gathered online, Father, we pray that we would experience your presence in this place. Lord, that's what we want to, 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 to experience today is your presence in this place. And so, Father, we ask that you would come and that as we begin to praise you, that you would inhabit the praises of your people, that we would experience your presence in this place today. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. Let's praise him.
is my Savior. All for love, He plundered my heart from the grave. This is the simple gospel. I believe that Christ is Redeemer. All for love, He settled the
praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. going to reflect on the bridge of the second song that we sung just for a little moment and just the words that are in that bridge it says the lost will come home the bound will go free the weak will be strong the broken redeemed the sick will be well the hungry will feast the mourning will dance the blinded will see as I was reading in the Psalms this morning I came across that verse in the Psalms where it talks about he turns our mourning into dancing. And just something resonated within me as we were practicing and I came across the words of this song and just as we were worshipping, I just wanted to highlight the words from this particular refrain in the song. The mourning will dance, the blinded will see, the church will arise with power and love, our cities will know the glory of God. The future is bright, there's nothing to fear. Revival is now, the kingdom is here. And that's a statement of faith today. This is the statements that we make when we hold up that shield of faith. When we say, despite what's happening around us, Despite what we see with our physical eyes, as we hold up that shield of faith, this is what we say. The lost will come home. We've been praying for the lost to come into a knowledge of Jesus. The bound will go free. People who are caught in bondages, sin, whatever it is, will go free. The weak will be strong. The broken redeemed. The sick will be well. The hungry will feast. We need to see God move in power so that the sick become well, the hungry will feast, the morning will dance. I've already reflected in that. The blind will see, the church will arise with power and love. Do you know, on Thursday morning, we attended a prayer meeting at seven o'clock in the morning, and there were 78 screens in that prayer meeting, more than 78 people of pastors and leaders from across our nation, whether it was Edinburgh and the Lothians, Fife, Falkirk, Glasgow, Dundee, people from further afield than that. And we gathered together to pray. And as I listened to people pray, and as we heard what we'd to pray for, I thought God is speaking to the leaders of his church and getting the leaders of his church to begin to pray because I believe that what God wants to do is to see the fulfillment of what we're singing about this morning. The cities will know the glory of God. I believe that God wants to move in our nation. The future is bright. There's nothing to fear. Despite what we see, we hold up that shield of faith. We take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and we make this declaration. The future is bright. There's nothing to fear. Revival is now. The kingdom is here. Do you believe that this morning? Jesus talked about the kingdom of God and he said it's here right now among you. That was then. This is now. And the kingdom of God is still advancing. 
Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's what we are leaning into today. That's what we're believing for. That's why we worship God, because we believe that he's a God who can do these things that we're singing about today. Father, we just thank you for all that you're doing in our hearts. Lord, we thank you that we can worship you despite what's happening in our lives, despite what we see around us, despite when we turn on the television and we see the news. And Father, we pray into those things, but Lord, sometimes they can get into our spirit And Father, they can cause a distraction, cause us to turn away from you sometimes and become downcast and become consumed by the circumstances. But Father, we pray today in your strength, help us to hold up that shield of faith. Lord, where we've been taking that battering, help us to continue to hold up that shield of faith and to worship you, to pray, to give and to celebrate your goodness. And Father, we just pray, help us to do these things. We can't do them in our own strength, but we know that you are our strength. You are our shield today. Jesus is the rock upon which we stand. And Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. And Lord, we give you praise. We give you honor. We give you worship. We give you thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing. Let's just sing the bridge of that chorus, uh, that, that second song, Amen. Let's just as we, as we sing it again, sorry, I'm getting the band to do things we hadn't practiced, but um, Sarah, you just decide what we sing. <laughs> if you want to sing it again, that's fine. But. things that we're hoping for, pressing in for. Father, I believe that you're stirring up your church just now because you want to move in your church and do a new thing. And Father, we just thank you that you have said that. Lord, I believe you're always doing a new thing. Father, there's always something new that you're doing. Father, we thank you for the sound of the new thing. 
We used to sing that song, I hear the sound of rustling in the leaves of the trees. Father, we thank you that we hear a sound. We hear a sound of your spirit coming and doing something new in our nation. Lord, you know how much we need it as a nation. You know how much we need it as a church. We know you know how much we need it as individuals and in our families and in the situations that we're facing. And Father, we just pray and we invite you to come. We ask, Holy Spirit, come. Come and fill us afresh. Come and fill us anew that we might be changed into the likeness of Jesus, that we might be his ambassadors on the earth in our time and in our generation and for the things and the people which you've given us responsibility for. So Father, we pray, come and move amongst us in a fresh way. Father, just in a moment as Terry Ann comes up to speak, Father, we ask that you just fill her mouth, fill her heart and her spirit with the things that you want to share. Lord, I know that her heart is already prepared for today. But Lord, I pray that she would experience a freedom just to share just the, that living word that you have put in her heart for, for us today as a church. And Lord, we just pray, bless her. Bless her and, and Glenn and the church in Musselburgh. And Father, we pray that they would go from strength to strength. Father, they, we pray that they would find just uh, something fresh and new in the, the spirit for, for them and for their church and in their family. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. So good to be uh, together today as church. And uh, yeah, just wanted to share a couple of things. You might not remember this person, but last March we conducted in the middle of lockdown a wedding ceremony in here. We had all sorts of things going on, Zoom, cameras, services, all sorts of comings and goings, and there was only five of us in the building. Um, so myself, the bride, the groom, and the mum, and uh, the best man, that was all that was here. So it was Lassie and her daughter Carol, who's better known as Nga Atendwe, that's a proper name, but she gets called Carol over here. And uh, we married them last March, her and her husband, Moita. And I just heard yesterday that Carol has just given birth to a little baby girl. So I, I was really excited about that. And so we wish them all congratulations. Also, welcome to church today to the new Mr. and Mrs. McCurdy. I was going to say I didn't mean to embarrass you, but I'm actually no caring. <laughs> so good that you guys have had a nice time away, and uh, so much of a blessing to have you in church today as a married couple. And uh, as we began the wedding service last week, um, I shared with Ryan and, and, and Courtney, a long time ago, I prayed about moments like this. That's what I shared. Do you remember me saying that? A long time ago, I prayed about moments like that. And, uh, you know, I was just so excited to be conducting uh, your wedding service uh, last week. And so I'm excited. I'm excited about what God is doing. I also need to do this track and trace photograph. Um, I put it in my notes because if I don't, I'll forget. Uh, so hang on a wee second. So if you can say Brie. <laughs> and just keep saying Brie. Give me a wave, whatever you want to do. Uh, uh, four photographs this week. So the church must be busier. Um, so, yeah, um, just to remind you that we're praying on 9.30 on Zoom on Monday morning and also at 7.30 on Wednesday night, again on Zoom. I am planning to shake that up a little bit. And so um, just watch this space. 
Um, we need to make our prayer times more accessible to everyone. We're even thinking about, do we add in an afternoon prayer slot just so that everybody can be part of praying in the church and praying into what God is doing um, and praying into the vision for the church. So uh, watch this space. Um, but great to have Terry Ann Rogers with us today. Terry Ann has been a friend to us for many, many years now. And uh, Glenn and Terry Ann have been a real blessing. Glenn is my zone leader. He is the guy who looks after me as far as AOG is concerned. And they really have been a blessing to us. They've spoken into our lives. And so as I was thinking about today, I thought, who better to come and speak than Terry Ann Rogers? And uh, you'll be familiar with some of the ladies in here, no doubt. They'll know your face. But let's give Terry Ann a really warm welcome in church today. Isn't there something wonderful about a newly married couple? I, I didn't even know you, and I just got so excited when I saw you come in. And do you know? And it just reminded me too that all through our lives we have opportunities to start afresh. And I encourage you today, as you hear the word of God, to let there be something that says, you know what? I can leave what's been happening behind. I can leave things behind, and I can step into something new. For the Lord would really have you to step into something new because what he has for you is a newness for everybody personally and a church corporately. He wants to do something powerfully new within hearts and lives to bring transformation. You know, it really is great to be with you this um, this morning because I have known Steve and Mary for about 16 years. I was thinking about it um, last night and um, really appreciate you both and the church very much. Um, I call today's message The Masked Man and Woman. Quite ironic, really, with COVID and having, you know, we're having to wear masks, but that's not exactly anything to do with what... Um, why I wanted to speak on masks, and I'm certainly not going to talk about COVID masks or COVID at all for that matter, but I am going to talk and speak about masks. My daughter, Anne-Marie, she's in Australia at the moment. Most of her things are packed up, and I've only got a few, but she collects masks, and there's just so many different types. She's got ones that just cover the whole face, and it's got the head, uh, like a hat attached and all these things, and um, I just, it's good to actually see sometimes, isn't it? And um, there's all these type of masks, just different ones, and, um, and she's got, she actually needs a cabinet for them all. And then, you know, there's a mask that you can actually put whatever you want on it and um, um, make it your own, and that's actually a good thing to think of as mask and making it your own so um and then there's masks that um i've seen these horrible i don't like them very much but there's a joke going on between my son-in-law and one of his mates and he gave him a um donald trump mask and um then they do all these things they send these ridiculous things to each other and but but the mask actually covers a whole face and, it's, and you have to peel it off. And um, you actually have to just peel it off for it to come off. And so whenever we go different places around the world, Glenn and I have been um, collecting masks for 
Anne-Marie. And one of the things I noticed that everywhere I've went, there actually are masks. Like there's African masks and in Vienna and Paris and different places that I've been, I've always been able to find a mask. Wherever people appear, it seems that masks appear. But there is a reason we will wear a mask. You know, when I was a little girl, and um, one of the reasons I'm sharing this is because, you know, when you're a child, you can create behaviours that without realising, you think they're just part of you. And they stay with you your whole life. Just because you grow up doesn't mean that um, those things disappear. But when I was a little girl, I was quite shy and I learned a way to keep myself hidden and in my mind safer and more acceptable to people because I really wanted to please people. I tried hard to please everyone and, and learned to keep quiet and be mostly unseen. I learned to wear a mask to hide behind certain behaviours. I might have appeared a good little girl, but it was all the wrong motive or hard attitude to remain hidden. And as I grew up, I became more aware as I grew up of Jesus' love and care for me. And as I became more confident in my love relationship with him and became a stronger person, you know, and then in my teenage years, my mask began to cause me problems. And I would pop out from behind the mask for a time, you know, just from time to time I'd pop out and then panic and draw back. And this other person would pop out, you know, with, you know, excited and then I'd pop back behind my mask, you know. And we can get so good at living behind a mask that people don't know what to do when we step out from behind it. For it's not what they're used to. It's not how they have known us to be. And they don't actually know or see the real person. So it's confusing for them. People aren't sure of how to relate to you. That can cause you to feel very alone and lonely. Even when there are a lot of people around, a person wearing a mask can feel all alone. And, you know, later on I got married and as a married woman and I had children, for many years I was able to hide behind my children um, because I got really busy. I had like a mask of busyness. We can be busy with different aspects of life that will keep a mask in place. Good things. There are some great masks. There's some incredible masks. That's what makes them so believable and powerful and seems so acceptable, even to us. You know, and men wear masks too. It's not just women. Men wear masks of all different shapes and sizes. It's a common problem with men. As they are taught to have big shoulders and grown men aren't encouraged to cry or show vulnerability. Get a group of men together and it's who can tell the biggest and the best story. There is naturally competition to outdo each other. What do you do, though, when your strength has been attacked? As a man, and even your manhood, it is easier to put on a, a mask and to cover it. There are masks that cover hurt, 
But there are other masks that cover guilt too. You know, and in school this can happen so easily because we want to blend in. We start putting on masks, you know. King David wore a mask. As commander of the army, he used his position to mask the fact that he had Uriah killed so he could have Uriah's wife, Bathsheba. Adam and Eve, after they sinned, covered and masked themselves with leaves to cover their most intimate parts from God to try and hide their disobedience. Joseph's brothers wore masks to hide what they had done to Joseph. They hid their jealousy behind a mask of a made-up story to cover their jealousy. Eventually, though, the mask got peeled off. And that is worth reading about showing so much of the grace of God on those men that wore masks and how he removed their masks. And you can pick up that story in Genesis 37. You know, and why are we talking about masks? Because church is to be a safe place, a place where people and we can dare to expose what lies behind our masks. If you can't do it in church, it's not going to happen. If you can't do it where as corporately we are together, where can it possibly happen? Where can there be a place for people to be so vulnerable that they can take off their masks? To be known for who we really are and the real issues that we are dealing with so that we can really know God. Isn't that the cry of the church? And the people here gathered, we gathered together are the church, it's not the building, and the church, and be able to make him known to others. For everybody deep down wants to be known. There's a desperate cry, warts and all, to be loved, accepted, to have people believe we are valuable and that we have value placed on us. God made us, created us with these yearnings in our hearts. That's why they don't go away. They're actually God-given. Because he has, and it's a done deal, placed great value on you and on I. You are of great value this morning. And we are created for relationship with him. You know, we know deep down we are meant to be valued. That's why we get so angry. People get so angry when they don't feel valued for whatever reason because they know they should be. There's that thing of God that is in every man and woman. But life comes and obscures God's love for us. And not receiving his love, not being able to receive his love, we protect ourselves. That's why masks work against us and everything God has created us for. God is interested in the real issues that affect your life. He doesn't want us to create masks to protect ourselves, but to come to him and bear it all. And if we do have a mask on, he wants us to identify it this morning. He wants us to identify any mask that we have on so he can work with us and in him so that in trust and faith we can dare to remove it. You know, for Jesus' desire is to meet your need. 
Your issues today are needs that Jesus is wanting to meet. God's miracles come in the form of needs. If you've got needs today, even as a church, as individuals, it is the opportunity for a miracle. It's God's opportunity for you to come and have a miracle, to experience a miracle. Coming back to masks, people often hold mask balls and parties where everybody comes with different masks on. And the idea is to conceal the identity of the participants. But Jesus has come and is building his church. We, the people, his church, have come together today. We must take off our masks so that we can behold him in his word today. And the presence of his spirit is wanting to continue to transform us. Isn't that what we want Jesus to do? to transform us so that we can live in his presence. When we wear a mask, it conceals our true identity and we can deceive ourselves if we wear it too long. If you wear a mask, the reflection of that mask, even if you looked in water or whatever, will not show your real face. The mask hides your face and your and my real issues. You know, one of the things this is so strong on my heart is because I turned 60 this year in, in March and I'm coming aware of so many of us around my age that still wear masks that are not aware they're a mask but they, are, they see a part of them as themselves and the pain that it causes churches, families, and us as individuals. And I think there was something wonderful that happened about with my mother before she died. When I, when I was young, there was something that happened. And um, my mum said something to me and I said, no, I won't do that. And then she decided that I said it. And we were going to have this all-out war. And I decided that I'm going this doesn't make sense. I love my mum too much to let this thing destroy my relationship with her. And I'm thinking, isn't that what God does? I can't, my mum's a Christian too, but, you know, it's still, we have to be gracious to one another. And, for what, and so I valued her relationship in my life and my children's life. So I just let it go and she said, well, you know what, you were going to do such and such and I stopped you throughout my life. She'd say these things to me. And in the end, it just like, it came off of duck's water because I had to really work it through with God. But do you know, before my mother died, she toddled into me, she had had cancer and she had no hair and she was sobbing and it was four o'clock in the morning and she said, Terry, I've got to tell you something. I said, Mum, don't cry. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. She said, yes, it does. Yes, it does. I have to go and meet my maker. And I have to have everything right. I have to have things right. He knows it anyway. And so she, she said to me, you know, all those years ago, I said you said such and such. She said, you know what? You didn't. I did but I couldn't believe I'd said it 
So I decided, you said it. And that is a powerful thing of how a mask can happen. A very real, two Christian people. My mother was prophetic, was the most beautiful woman. But we can all wear masks. These are real issues that we are talking about. And masks hide real issues that we can't deal with. The very issue Jesus came for and that he is waiting and wanting to release us from is often hidden behind a mask. James 1.23 says the word of God is a mirror, but if we wear a mask, we actually hide ourselves from the truth of God's word and its power to transform us. We are hidden from it. The reason we are talking about masks this morning or hiding behind behind false identities is because firstly hiding ourselves is a natural human response to guilt shame and pain has anyone here ever experienced any guilt for anything any shame or any pain well I think I'm in the right place then (laughs) secondly masks are often used as a defense mechanism to express our hurt. When we get, when we want to express something, we put this mask on and, and, you know, or protect ourselves from more hurt. Hurt creates cycle of shame, fear and control. And that's why masks are so important for us to take off because no one wants to be controlling. But do you know what? That's part of the scenario that happens shame, fear and control that causes us to want to hide. These behaviours become masks that can cover our real identities and keep us from God's transforming power. And God in this, you know, he wants to do something powerful and transforming his church and individuals. And, you know, it's so. this is why we're talking about this issue. If we want freedom and wholeness, we must be prepared to lay ourselves bear before God. Shame, fear and control are primary forces that work against us and try to stop us from trusting God and therefore damage our intimacy and our walk with him. King David understood this when he wrote the Psalm 139. God, he says, investigate my life. Get all the facts firsthand. I'm an open book to you. Even from a distance, you know what I'm thinking. You know when I leave and when I get back. I'm never out of your sight. You know everything I'm going to say before I start the first sentence. I look behind me and you're there. Then up ahead and you're there too. Your reassuring presence coming and going. This is too much, too wonderful. I can't take it in. And in verse 23, he says again, investigate my life, O God. Find out everything about me. Why? Cross-examine and test me. Get a clear picture of what I'm about. This needs to be our heart today. See for yourself whether I've done anything wrong. Then guide me. Guide me on the road to eternal life. Take me further down that mighty road. Are you allowing God to access more and more of you today? He has to access more of you and I so he can overshadow you with himself, his presence, more and more. 
Then we are changed and in the process healed, delivered and revived, restored. These are fruits of God coming and overshadowing us more with his presence. He recreates and, and creates afresh. All you have need of right now is possible with God. Jesus came to meet needs. He does not want you to retain your mask and keep working at giving a star performance as if you are on a stage every time you come to church or every time you meet someone up the street or whatever the situation. And he wants you and I, as you are, as I am, issues and all. It's actually pride to think that we can be anywhere near perfect this side of heaven or to think that we can impress God with our goodness, our works, our ability. So what if people see our vulnerability? That's humility. That's humility. You know, there are many different sorts of masks. The masks of sarcasm, bitterness, criticism and blame. Tearing down others is the the thing behind it to lift ourselves up. Finding fault with others to hide our own faults. The mask of passivity, like an ostrich. It buries its head in the sand in hope. Every time something happens, it buries its head. and I hope everything will go away, pretending nothing is happening. If I ignore it, it will just go away and I won't have to deal with it. That's a mask. The buffalo mask gets wild about everything. You know, you know that if you go talk to someone and this person in particular, you know, if you go, or you, someone talks to you, you get angry because it's like, ah, stay away. Keep things away with anger and rage. The mask of I'm too busy, like I had for many years, bearing my pain. The mask of a lively personality, the life of the party, like the Scottish comedian, Billy Conley. He's very withdrawn in natural life. The mask of a victim, self-pity, self-focused, not taking responsibility for what you can, locked into the mindset that nothing can change because I am a victim. The mask of perfection and performance. I have to be perfect. I have to do a perfect job or nothing at all. The mask of independence, I don't need anyone, I must make it on my own. People have hurt me and left me, I will prove I can do it on my own. Mask of inadequacy, like Gideon and Moses, I can't, I can't do that, I can't speak, I can't. What other masks, maybe there is one I haven't mentioned, that you are hiding behind today. Are you ready to discard it? By faith to take it off and choose to be vulnerable again. You know, the Holy Spirit is here to minister and to heal and to restore you. And through this week, as you think and dwell upon the word of the Lord and add to you more of Jesus himself. One of the beautiful things about children is their vulnerableness and openness and how trusting they are. Matthew 18, 14 says, Let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such God is saying this morning, be vulnerable, open, trust me with all your life. Discard the masks 
You don't need them anymore. I want to do a new thing for you. For I am with you, I will never leave you. I want to give you more of myself, my life. Remember, lose yourself and gain me, gain life, Jesus says. But the masks, they are getting in the way. Discard them today. Today is your day. Come to me just as you are and let my presence and love overshadow you. Let me heal, deliver, transform, make you bold and create. Courageous, courageous, without a mask. Wow, that's what we want. Without a mask. Let me embrace all of you. Take off the mask. Look into my word and open yourself up to all my transforming truth. We can wear different behaviours as a mask. What behaviours do you have in place that work as a mask? to protect or shield the real you, maybe your fears or wounds, pain or anxiety. You know, because behind that is the fear that I will be destroyed if such and such happens. One of the things with, I suffered terrible anxiety in going into places I didn't know, but behind it was if I will be destroyed if, 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 if such and such happens. And so I had to come back to what will destroy me. That lie is what binds us into wearing controlling behaviours, masks. God doesn't want you to hide who you are. He loves you and wants to heal and restore all of you for his glory. Behind a mask are you nursing a wound, unforgiveness, bitterness, the terrible pain of betrayal, rejection, or the fear of not measuring up. God loves you. His love is enough to sustain you while he meets your needs and brings wholeness. Use your faith. We all have a measure. Your pastor, there, obviously there's this thing in your, that you've been dwelling and thinking upon is of faith. Well, use your faith and launch out into deep with it by trusting the one true God. He who holds the universe together, can he not surely hold and bring you through and bring you put you back together. With the mask out of the way, Jesus can heal, restore, recreate, fill you with the Holy Spirit and power. Use, engage, put to work the faith that you have before God can give you any more. Use the faith that you have to peel off the mask and reveal what is hidden, hidden underneath. Then you will be allowing the Holy Spirit to speak and the word of God to act like a mirror, giving a true reflection of where you are at, which will begin to sort out your masked issues as a result and set you free. Amen? Amen. Jesus came to make men and women like you and me free. And he wants us as the church, to be free. We must be free. That's why Jesus came. What story, what can we say, what have we got to give unless we are truly walking in freedom? As individuals and then coming together as a church, free, full of the power then of the Holy Spirit. He came to unmask us, resulting in freedom, and he is committed to your health and wholeness. Reach out and touch the Lord by faith. Faith is just simply making a decision to believe God. 
Throw the mask off. Just one touch of the Lord by reaching out to Jesus in faith. Remember, in the word it says, the blind man saw, the lame walked, the issue of blood dried up. Things are still happening today by the power of God, by faith. Be the woman with the issue of blood. She took off her mask, bared her nakedness, reached out in faith, and as she met the conditions, she touched the master with her faith. She was healed and restored in that moment. He wants to do the same for you, meet your need. Allow everything that has clung to you to fall off as you reach out, bearing your naked soul to the Lord God Almighty. Point one, and the points are short. Masks blind us to the truth. Truth is hidden in the word of God, but a mask affects what we see. The word of God is like a mirror. It reflects us and we truly see ourselves as we are, and we need to see ourselves, not what we want to see. We need to truly see ourselves as we are, to be impacted by the power of God, the transforming power of God, the life, the glory, all the things we crave for. Therefore, it is essential that we rip off our masks so that the truth of God's word can reflect on us as we present ourselves bare before God to get a true picture of ourselves and where our life is at. Only when we know where our life is at can we actually move on. Masks halt our growth physically, spiritually and emotionally. The whole person is affected. Point two, masks, and this is something I never understood and caused me so much pain and I'm passionate about now. Masks isolate and make people feel alone? Do you often feel hidden from sight, overlooked, forgotten? Just maybe you are feeling isolated, overlooked, because you are wearing a few masks, and it's not that people don't want to see you or comfort you or care for you, but you're not showing them the real you. Therefore, people cannot get through the mask to be able to touch you. You have to take off... The master, Jesus can touch you. The power of his spirit can transform you. Point three, mask can and will stop you fulfilling your God-ordained purpose. And that's called frustration in a major way if they are not removed. For example, Esther was faced with a painful decision to be vulnerable and peel off her mask to, so that she could fulfill her purpose in God. Her true identity as a poor, orphan Jewish girl had been concealed and a false identity had protected her and kept her safe in many instances. But there came a time in Esther's life, as we are today, where she was presented with a choice. This was no longer just about her life. Her husband, the king, was going to give a command for her own people, the Jews, to be killed. He didn't know she was a Jew. The lives of thousands of people depended on her being brave. Brave enough to take off the mask and reveal her true identity to those around her. Would she have the courage to do it, to bear all? You know, Esther is just like us. Her first reaction was fear. The Bible tells us she could be killed if she approached the king uninvited, especially to tell him that she was in fact a Jew, one of the people he had sentenced to death. 
Let us read what Mordecai said in reply to, in reply to her fears in Esther 4. He, um, when Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your fa father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Wow, Esther, she peeled off that mask, put her faith in God and revealed herself. And God was with her as he promised, saving not only her but all her her people, she moved beyond her fear. You know, she would have still had that fear, but she decided she took hold of faith and she moved past the fear with her God. Point four, peel off any masks you have and be real and transparent. I can't tell you enough. Don't think about the person next to you. This is about you this morning. No matter what age you are, we're all going to meet our Lord and we, and we all need to be effective in this life. God is calling us to take off the masks that we hide behind. Will you have the courage to peel them off and to be real and transparent? There are people who need you to be who you are called to be. They need you to step into your true identity in Christ so that you can lead them to safety. There are many people who will be reached by your courage. They too, because of your courage and obedience, will also then be able to strip off the mask in their own lives, just as Esther did. But first take off your own mask before you try and take off or help someone else take off theirs. But isn't it always easier to see someone else's masks and issues? Matthew 7, 5 says, Take the log out of your own eye, for then you'll see clearly before you take the speck out of your brother's eye. Like Esther, you have a choice, but remember the words of her uncle Mordecai as they are recorded for all of us. God surely will reach those you were meant to reach in some other way. His purposes will be accomplished with or without you. Taking off a mask, let's not pretend it's easy, is a bit like having surgery but like, well, need surgery. You know, someone when comes, I'm, I'm just going to bring it down to brass tacks now. You know, like if, you, if you've been in a biker gang or something, someone's been in a biker and they get saved and they come out of that, there are masks that they've been wearing. But then you can see that clearly. But, you know, in every part of our life, there are masks. Just because they're not as clear doesn't mean they're not there. And we need to ask the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to to um, reveal those masks to us and, and begin to take them off because God is a master surgeon. Remember, last point, know the promises of God. One of the reasons why people don't and aren't set free today is simply because they don't know the promises of God. To know biblically means to perceive with certainty, to be intimate with, understand, willing, performing, 
the promises and experiencing. We must know the promises of God. Make them ours personally. No one else could do that for you. No one else can do that for you. And believe. We have to believe that they are ours for today. This fact gives us the courage and the strength to peel off our masks, the promises of God. For the word of God is a love letter to you. I just want to share this story because I think stories are helpful than than my notes, a lot of my notes. Um, I was called from, we were living in air in North Queensland and I was asked to go down to Melbourne. Um, I had five little children and they wanted me to speak in Melbourne at a church of over 3,000 people. And I went down there to do some ministry and um, I thought, oh, this would be exciting. And I went down there and staying at um, this couple's place and then all of a sudden I got, what am I doing here? 3,000 people. Now get me out of here. I was sobbing and I was crying and I was beside myself. Absolutely. What if I don't have anything to say? What if I prophesy? What if nothing comes? And I'm going, no, I'm not. Glenn, put me on the, on the tr- um, plane. I'm going back. I'm going back home. And, you know, my names and everything in there too. So I couldn't. So I'm actually sitting now. I'm sharing this. I was be really beside myself. I was sobbing. And... I had my Bible and think, oh, God, help me. And it turned to Isaiah 30, 15, a promise. The second part, it said, in quietness and confidence shall be your strength. Okay, now that's a promise, but we have to know it. I got to know it in that because the small, still voice said to me, in quietness, Terry, I can't quieten you down. You have to quiet. You have to decide to quieten yourself down in quietness and trust and put your trust and your confidence back in me and then you will have strength to do what I want you to do. And if the worst thing that's happened, they'll never invite you back. If the worst thing that can happen, it, you know, you might look an idiot, but you've been obedient to me. Isn't that what it's all about, being obedient to me? That gave me the strength. Don't worry, I was still, but I I wrote that scripture and had it in my pocket and I'd pull it out all in the car. So you know what I'm saying is that fear just doesn't go away, but it's making a decision to say, God, your promises are true. I'm pushing into you and he meets you there. That's for someone today. You know, if you don't understand the promises of God, the enemy can come and rob you, even trick you. He was trying to trick me and putting back on that, letting that fear take over my life again, hop on that train, plane and go back, wanting me to put on another mask, another mask saying I'll never do this again. For the devil works with half-truths. He comes to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus came that we might have life and experience it in full. Amen? And um, in conclusion, lay yourself totally open before God. Make a decision to remove your mask. Be open to the Holy Spirit, your best friend, your teacher, guide. Let him show you the mask you are wearing. Your dear, kind friends might even have flagged them up to you. Or in a heated moment told you a truth they weren't game enough to share before. Whatever the case may be, identify your mask. 
Journal them, therefore, holding yourself accountable through the process. Work with God to do the changing on the inside. Work with God and allow him to take you through the process of changing your heart, renewing your mind. It's in that story I just told you. It wasn't a walk in the park, but it was powerful. It's something that changed my life. It's like a stake in the ground. I, it's just so powerful. That experience changed my life. When you take the word of God and stand on it, it changes and transforms our lives. You know, and you... It, and you'll begin to change the way you approach life and the people around you, living from a place of authenticity and not from a false identity. That alone releases pure power from the throne of Jesus through your life. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones, Proverbs 3.8. It is an illusion to think that we can control anything at best. It's only for a short while. A mask is an attempt at controlling circumstances of life and life situations, but it only masks the issue, deceiving ourselves and others. Let go of the covering behaviour, mask. Peel it off, put it behind you, reveal yourself. Your bare self is a magnet for God. You want the presence of God? Your bare self. The simple gospel. You and nothing more. When we meet these needs, he will come in the fullness of his presence and power. Dare to bear your soul, expose who you are. Like a child, look expectantly to Jesus. It's all about him. It's all about his presence, his touch, his voice. We need to take off the mask and present ourselves like vulnerable and open children, seeking him. You won't be disappointed. He will release his presence, his power and his glory. One touch of the master's hand and it changes everything. It is worth the pain of taking off the mask and throwing it away forever. A little pain but incredible gain. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the cross and your finished work on my behalf. I thank you for your power that you have made available to me, power to see and understand how to move forward, further into your presence. Thank you, Holy Spirit, I welcome your ministry as you lead me out of the things that don't bring me freedom or glorify you, but take me further into the fullness of life in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Terry Ann. Um, I don't know about you, there was a few things I was hearing there and I've been taking notes. I'm going to listen to this again. And uh, just some things I really feel God was saying that were for the church. Um, Lindsay, I wonder if you could maybe put up on the screen here, uh, Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Um, just as a response to what has been shared this morning, because I really feel that God doesn't do things by accident. You're here for a reason today, Terry Ann. We're here to hear that message for a reason today. And I know what it's like to wear masks. I know what it's like to feel the liberation of the masks being removed. And uh, yeah, I just, I think God wants to do something today. And I want to 
put up these verses just as a prayer today. And uh, I'm always quite cautious when I ask people to pray things because when we pray something, there's a consequence. If we, if we genuinely pray something, God will answer that prayer. And this, this is a, a really courageous prayer to pray. Um, it says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So what I'm going to ask us to do, we can do this today corporately because we're not on Zoom. There's no time lags and all that kind of nonsense. But I just want us to pray these words out as a congregation. If you're at home, uh, wherever you are online, you can pray these words out too. They're going to come back up on the screen and we're just going to pray them together as a response to what God has been saying today. So let's pray these words together. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And Father, we pray that you'd come and that you'd indeed examine our hearts. Father, as we take off the mask before you. And Father, we thank you that you're the one person in life that we can do that with. Father, you're the one person that we can come to because you already know you already know, Father, and we just pray today that you would come and that you would search us and know our hearts, test us and know our anxious thoughts. Father, that you'd come and that you'd help us to take off the mask before you today. Father, that as this day progresses, as we go home, as we have lunch, as we do whatever we do today, Father, may we take some time to process what you've been saying to us today. Father, may we be people who take off the mask. Father, the things that we're hiding behind, and Father, the things which you want to break through into, and Father, break through in your presence in our lives. And so, so Father, we ask that you would search us, that you would know our hearts, that you would test us and know our anxious thoughts. And Father, see if there's anything offensive within us. And Father, we will confess that to you today, maybe this week, Father, as you reveal these things to us in the very depths of our being. Father, we pray that you give us the courage to come before you and just to confess those things before you. Father, we want to be like Moses who came down off the mountain. He was asked to put a mask on because, Father, he'd been in your presence and his face, his very skin radiated with the glory of God. And they, they asked him to put a, a veil over his face because of the, the, the brightness, because he'd been in your presence. Father, we pray that that would be the, the only type of mask that people would ask us to put on because we've been in the presence of the everlasting God. And Father, that we would just radiate your glory. Father, that we would be transformed, that we would be changed from glory to glory. And Father, that we would just radiate the presence of God everywhere we go. Father, we pray your blessing on this church, on every family, on every individual that is uh, part of this church, those who joined us online today, maybe even some visitors who are with us today. Father, we pray that you just bring blessing and that you pour in those things that we need. Father, every need, an opportunity for a miracle from you. And so, Father, we pray, help us to bring these things before you and to lean into all that you have for us. And Father, we just seek you. We seek your blessing in our lives. But Father, as we seek your blessing, help us to be a blessing to others. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and have a fantastic week. Amen.